0: Welcome to the CEO podcast. I'm your host, Britt Wright, and this podcast is for creative entrepreneurs on fire. Over our first 12 week season, we will introduce you to the foundational fundamentals for being a successful business owner, while inspiring you with the amazing interviews with fellow CEOs and creative masterminds. Our focus covers a lot of ground, just like you. As creative entrepreneurs, we have to do it all. So this podcast will help you to understand the business basics mindset shifts, strategic planning, with just a little sprinkle of the good vibe woo tribe for good measure. Here, we will prep you to become the mastermind and the boss, with real-life takeaways for you to apply to your growing empire. I can't wait to share the goods with you. Thank you for listening, and let's begin. This episode is brought to you by Puppy Gang Fresh Foods. This is Artie's favorite time of day. We have been using Puppy Gang Fresh Foods For about a year now and it's fantastic. Artie looks so forward to mealtimes. He used to be such a picky eater. We changed over when he was diagnosed with some joint issues and it has been such a game changer for his health and wellness. It is made with human grade meat. It's freshly cooked. It's delivered right to your door. It's in little convenient packs. It was developed by Holistic Nutrition. They're super sustainable. I can't say enough good things. If you use the code ARTIE, you get 50% off your first eight packs. I really encourage you to do this if you got a picky eater or someone with health issues in your family, one of your fur babies. Try them out. That's ARTIE, A-R-T-I-E, for 50% off your first eight packs. Hi, welcome to today's episode. Today we are talking about... The fear of failing. Fake it till you make it is one of my favorite sayings because I have a little secret for you. We're all still faking it. (laughs) I don't think anybody truthfully is telling 100% of the truth 100% of the time. I think particularly with social media and the world we live in now, we conduct a very curated version of our lives. That's not to say that what we post about and what we say and what we and the images that we draw of ourselves are not true. It's simply that we have the ability and the technology now to only put out into the world that which we want others to see. And I think that is the bottom line when we use the term fake it till you make it. It's not necessarily that you're faking it. It's more that you have the ability to change the way others perceive what you do before it really goes out. I hope that makes sense. So today I want to talk about the fear of failing. When I say the fear of failing, I don't necessarily mean the fear of failing altogether. For example, like failing in your business and having to close up shop. I mean the daily fears that go through our minds of I don't know what I'm doing or I am not the right person for this and really just diminish our feeling of success in what we do day to day. Another way you can look at this is the imposter syndrome. So all of those little moments or all of those little moments where you quote unquote fake it till you make it are those moments contributing to this feeling of failure overall. I did a little bit of research into the imposter syndrome, which is actually defined as the internalized belief that your success is due to luck or other external factors rather than your skills, intelligence, or qualifications. And it's a false idea that leaves you with perpetual feeling of being a poser or under constant threat and fear of being exposed as a fraud. So that comes from an article by the data incubator which I'll post in the show notes, but I think we all feel this. We all feel, no matter where we're at in our career, when we're faced with any type of uncertainty, that maybe we are not good enough, or maybe we don't have the right answers, we don't have the right solutions. So I just want to first off say everybody feels this way, that our little moments of faking it. For example, every picture that you see an interior designer post, it's a little bit fake. We Photoshop out all of the plugs on the walls. We make everything look really straight and pretty and the lighting is perfect. And if you turned around and looked at what's behind the camera, it's literally a giant pile of junk because we're moving things around and we're staging the photo. So all of those perfect photos you see, they aren't real. They're a version of what's real. That kitchen exists, but it definitely has plugs on the backsplash because you need them by code. But in the picture, it doesn't look very pretty. So we cut them out. And it's just like any type of model you see on Instagram, a fitness model. She's probably doing some Photoshop to make sure that she looks perfect or she's posing in a way that makes her body look amazing. There's some really good influencers out there that actually show you the different ways to pose your body to make it look a certain way. And then they show you what their body actually looks like. And I find those super refreshing. And I kind of want to be here to say that for people in business is they're only showing you the good parts. They're only showing you the parts that are drool worthy. You know, Look how successful I am. Look how amazing this project is. I can pump out this many pictures of this. And what you forget When you're looking at such a small snapshot, let's take Instagram, for example. If you're looking at someone's Instagram profile and you're scrolling through and you're looking at all of the different projects that they've done or all of the amazing photos that they have, don't forget that it's taken them years to curate that. It's taken lots of money, lots of time, lots of mistakes, lots of photo shoot prep, lots of Photoshop to get that profile grid looking like that. I had someone say to me the other day, "Wow, I don't know how you've done so many projects or oh, how you have so much content." And it's like sometimes there's content droughts. Sometimes if I'm if it's far enough between photo shoots or things don't line up properly, you have to recycle content. You have to find that different angle. You have to find a different story to tell behind that picture. So I just want to be super transparent and clear with that, that what you see is designed to look perfect. It's like when you go out in public, you do your hair, you do your makeup, you put on a nice outfit. But if you find me at home, 90% of the time, unfortunately for my husband, I'm in my pajamas with no makeup on and my hair in a big bun on top of my head, or haven't showered that day, or, you know, all of those things. You only see what people want you to see, especially in this day and age. So keeping that in mind, I do want to chat a little bit about that feeling of failure and different ways that you can overcome that, surpass it, and we talked a little bit about this in the previous episode, Competition and Clients, but this one's a little more internalized versus external. So what to do within yourself when you're feeling that way and how to motivate yourself to get out of that funk versus looking to the outside. So how do you fake it till you make it? So the first step that I usually take when I'm feeling any sense of imposter syndrome or a feeling of failure is rather than looking outwards, which never helps comparing yourself to other people and other people's quote-unquote successes, i.e. their version of whatever it is that they're faking till they make it, is to look inwards. So if you're feeling down about one area of your life, whether that be your business, your personal life, relationships, whatever it might be, you need to look at a part of your life where you do feel successful. What this does is it helps us to reframe our view of ourselves. It helps us to see ourselves in a positive light And it also helps to diminish the feelings of inadequacy that are surrounding whatever it is we feel that we're failing at. So, this exercise is similar to something like a positive affirmation. So, if you're feeling good about a certain area of your life, but not so good about another, you wanna focus on the positive pieces of the part of your life you're feeling good about. And you wanna bring those attributes in a general sense into the part of your life you're not feeling so good about. So, let's use a relationship for an example, you know that you're a good friend, but you maybe are not feeling like the best person to serve your clients in this moment. So you need to take the qualities that you know you are good at and successful at as a friend and transmute those into qualities that are going to serve your clients. And then you need to repeat those to yourself. What this actually does is it allows your brain to reframe your understanding of the situation where you feel like a failure and start to feel and affirming the beliefs you have around a place in your life where you're successful. I hope that makes sense. I am not a neuroscientist. I am just trying to explain the way I do things in order to uh, help my brain. So maybe your brain works like mine and that is great. <laughs> so another article by the American Psychological association. There's parts of our life we're successful at and then parts of our life where we're working towards that success or where we're currently feeling like we're failing because we have not yet achieved success. So again, writing down the things you're truly good at and the areas that might need work and then drawing the parallels between those two areas. So going back to the relationship and the business example, writing down what you're good at in relationships and applying those parallels to what you want to be good at in your business. Another piece of advice they offer is simply talking to your mentors. Going back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of everybody else is faking it, I think sometimes there's so much value in just being honest, open, transparent, and truthful, which is really what this episode is about. It's about saying to you that I 100% admit that what you see on Instagram isn't necessarily the whole story. It is a part of the truth, but it is not 100% the truth. The pretty pictures that you see are the final cherry on top of a very messy Sunday. So talk to people, talk to your boss, talk to your mentors, talk to your colleagues, and talk to them about the reality of what it looks like so that you understand that the landscape is not all smooth sailing. There is a lot of choppy waters and we are all navigating challenges. Knowing that you're in the same boat as others really helps to alleviate that feeling of faking it. It's more finding friends within this landscape to support each other and to ride those waves together. Another example I'm going to use is this podcast. So the version of this podcast that you hear is the final edit. I'm sitting here right now taking massively long pauses while I think of the next thing I want to say and saying things in a different way, editing, deleting, cutting out all the ums that I say as I speak into my microphone, cutting out any noises that happen in the background. It is... Such a curated collection of thoughts that you hear in the final edit. Don't ever think that I sit down and just say all these things in one go and it's perfect right off the bat. It takes hours of editing, it takes time. And there's days I don't feel like doing it. And there's days I'm super excited to do it. But I've promised everyone an episode a week and I'm committed to that. So I'm going to do it. Going back to our episode, Success at Sunrise, there are days when it needs to be discipline that drives me, and then there's days when motivation drives me. So that is a perfect example of feeling like a failure. Maybe one day I look at how many people listen to an episode, and I think, what's the point? Why am I doing this? But... Then I look at how many times it's been listened to overall, and it feels like a success. So there are so many different ways to reframe when we're feeling like a failure and how to turn that into something that can feel like a success. So that is really the bottom line of reframing those things by finding evidence in other areas of your life to support where you are successful and finding ways to draw conclusions between those successes and those feelings of failure. I'm finding that this episode ties back to a lot of the other episodes we've done so far. So in a way that that's kind of fun because that's exactly what I'm telling you to do here is to find evidence in other areas and apply it to new areas. So what happens if you do fail? What happens? If you fail in your business and you make a mistake, you admit it. Going back to the episode with Amanda Smith on the power of positive paperwork. You have radical accountability. You take accountability for your mistakes. You learn from them. You develop better processes in turn from learning from your mistakes. So your failures actually are blessings. And that's another way to look at it. The fear of failing should be excitement to fail in order to learn. If you don't fail, you're never going to get better if you don't fall off your horse, going back to competition and clients, I did a huge analogy on horses. If you don't fall off your horse, you're never going to know that feeling and the power it takes to get back on. If you never have fear, you're never going to understand what it means to overcome fear. So all of these things are only ever going to make you a better person, a better business person, a better friend, a better wife, a better husband, better daughter. You have to fail in order to succeed. Another reference to imposter syndrome um, from Psychology Today, which is a Canadian publication. People who struggle with imposter syndrome believe that they are undeserving of their achievements and the high esteem in which they are in fact generally held. They feel that they aren't as competent or intelligent as others might think, and that soon enough people will discover the truth about them those with imposter syndrome are often well accomplished and they may hold high office or have numerous academic degrees so there is something where negative events are remembered with more accurate detail than positive events this is actually a real thing it's a it's a brain science thing <laughs> does that sound legit <laughs> a article from the washington post says that many psychologists think that this has evolutionary roots that is it's more important for people for survival to notice the line in the brush than to notice the beautiful flower that's growing on the other side of the way it also says that there is a lot of information to be learned in difficult or dangerous situations and that our brains can apply that knowledge when a similar situation presents itself in the future so it is more likely that we will remember or pay attention to negative events than to positive events which I think is probably one of the most reasonable root causes for the imposter syndrome. We remember when we make mistakes. We remember when somebody noticed that we weren't doing what we said we would do. We remember when we faked it, when we lied, when we concealed part of the truth to make ourselves seem more important, look better, be more successful, have more impact. Our guilt around what we put out in the world is contributing to the fact that we feel like an imposter which is why overall i think authenticity is so important in everything we do another thing i want to talk about is the spotlight effect so the spotlight effect this is a definition from the decision lab sorry i am going all out with the research today dive down a rabbit hole of neuroscience the spotlight effect describes how people tend to believe that others are paying more attention to them than they actually are. In other words, our tendency to always feel like we are in the spotlight. This bias shows up frequently in our day-to-day lives, both in positive situations, like when we nail a presentation and overestimate how impressed all of our coworkers must be, and in negative ones, like when we bomb the presentation and feel like everybody must be laughing about it behind our backs. So. Why I bring this up is we have way too high an opinion of ourselves. Let's go back to the podcast example. Let's say 500 people listen to this podcast. In my mind, I'm putting this out to the world. 7 billion people might hear this, but really only 500 are going to listen. That's awesome. I'm super happy about 500 But maybe what I say isn't that important. Maybe if I bomb this podcast or make myself sound like an idiot, it's really not that big a deal. Going back to the article by the Data Incubator, they have six steps that can help when you feel like you're caught up in this imposter syndrome cycle. So the first step is to focus on the facts. You may not feel like the most qualified for your position, but there's a reason you're doing what you're doing and there's a reason you've been successful to date. Focus on that rather than your doubts about where you stand. This leads into step two, which is acknowledge, validate, and then let go. So acknowledge that you're probably not the best at what you do. None of us are. And if you are, that's awesome. Good for you. You win. (laughs) Acknowledge that, but also acknowledge that you have gotten to where you are for good reason, accept it and let it go. Step three is reframe your thoughts. We've talked about this already, reshape and reframe those thoughts about yourself and pull from other areas of your life where you feel good. This will help you to feel positive in the current situation where you're feeling like a failure and step four, share how you're feeling. So again, going back to that part about talking to your colleagues, talking to your boss, your mentor. Once you realize that pretty much everybody feels this way, you're going to feel a lot better. I think imposter syndrome is probably extremely common among creative entrepreneurs simply because we are putting something out in the world that means a lot to us from an internal standpoint. It's an expression. It is personal in so many ways. Whether we're doing it for someone else like what I do in designing homes or if we're doing art or photography, whatever it might be, there's always something personal wrapped up in what we deliver, which is exposing. It's something that people are able to look at and almost see inside of us in a way. So if that thing that we're putting out into the world is not something we're 100% comfortable with, or it's something somebody might pick apart, we are going to doubt it in some way. We are going to see the cracks that maybe nobody else can see. And we're going to worry that someone is going to see those cracks, and they're going to dig at those cracks. So creative entrepreneurs are extreme perfectionists in their craft, which can very easily lead to feelings of inadequacy. This ties back closely with perfectionism and they say that those who experience perfectionism also are more likely to experience imposter syndrome because if things aren't perfect, we feel incompetent or anxious about those things. So putting something out into the world that we feel is imperfect is like telling the world that we don't know what we're doing and we're a fraud. I hope that you gather from today's episode is that no one is perfect and nobody has their shit together at least not to the extent that you think that they do and the most important thing is to focus on your own path focus on your goals and be proud of your own successes where you find them and know that not everybody's looking at you all the time not everyone's judging you and if they are then who cares who cares just focus on you do you do the best you possibly can. And that is all we, all anybody can do. I hope you guys like this episode. Please rate, review and share with your friends and we'll catch you next time.